So who in here has watched the Beverly Hillbillies? All right. And of course, if you've seen it, you remember the theme song. You can't get it out of your head, right? And then you remember the closing song. As they're getting ready to close and head out, they come out of their large Hollywood mansion and they're waving goodbye. And do you remember the words? Now it's time to say goodbye to Jed and all his kin. And they would like to thank you folks for kindly dropping in. You're all invited back next week to this locality to have a heapin' helpin'. There it is. Heapin' helpin', that's a fun phrase, isn't it? Hillbilly, that is. Set a spell, take your shoes off. And then what's the very last line? Y'all come back now, you hear? Right? Y'all come back now. Today I want to talk about go mission. Now, why do I bring up that closing song on the closing credits of the Beverly Hillbillies? Because I think like many churches, for Covenant Baptist Church, the primary outreach for much of my time here has been a y'all come ministry, right? We encourage you all to invite people, and I think that a lot of you do that, and I'm so grateful for it, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with a y'all come ministry. Everyone's invited, and, and when people do come, I think we're pretty good. Now, maybe I'm biased or just blind, but I think we do a pretty good job of welcoming people, of making people feel comfortable here when they do come, but it is just frankly embarrassing to say that from an organizational standpoint, we really don't have a specific strategy for getting people to come other than you all come. And so I want to talk about missions this morning. I've entitled it Go Mission, and that title kind of has three meanings to it, right? So first there's the declarative Go mission! Yay, mission! Woo! There's the imperative, go. Mission. Go do your mission. Go and make disciples. That's the Great Commission, and we're going to read that in Matthew 28 here in just a little bit. And then there's the go mission. Go defining what our mission is. We have a go Mission, a mission that is primarily calling us to go. The Beverly Hillbillies talk about sitting for a spell. And there's nothing wrong with resting here and there. We're we're called to come here, to sit together, to dwell together, to fellowship together, to study God's word, to praise his name together. But our primary mission is not to come and sit, but to go and share. To go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so on Saturday, February 27th, the elders here at Covenant Baptist Church met for our annual elders retreat. Now we didn't go on a retreat like we've done in years past, though we didn't get to either uh, last year either. We met here, actually back there in the foyer, on that Saturday with this specific purpose to talk about 
Why is it that we don't have a specific strategy? And how do we make sure that we do have one going forward? The subject of missions was our main focus that day. And because of that, we invited a missions consultant to join us that day. He's going to be working with us over this next year. Because ultimately, our goal is to have a missions ministry, a go strategy. A strategy for calling people, not just to covenant, but more specifically to Jesus Christ. Intentionally, consistently. And to that end, we come to today's text. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. A very familiar text. A text that you've probably heard multiple sermons on. I hope that you have. I've preached multiple sermons on this text. Hopefully, many, if not most, if not all of you have this verse memorized. Because if you don't, I would encourage you to do that this week. Because this is the Commission. This is what Jesus told his followers as he was getting ready to ascend back to heaven. His, his final command, his heart that we must be about. Would you stand with me today if you are willing and able in honor of God's word as we read this Matthew 28, 18 through 20, the great commission. The disciples have gone to Galilee, to the mountain, which Jesus had commanded them to do, to be with him, to sit with him, to hear from him. And it says this in verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, I'm going to just do a little bit of commentary as I read through this today, because we're not going to necessarily be preaching through this text. This is a a starter text, because this is the commission, and it really doesn't need much clarifying. Jesus is pretty clear. He has all authority, right? He is God. So he starts off with the basis of, I am in charge. And anything that I tell you to do, for one, you better listen to. And two, don't worry. Don't be afraid. Because as I go with you, and I'm going to go with you, and he says that at the end, I am with you always, my authority, my power, my might, my strength goes with you as well. This is doable. This is attainable because Jesus has all authority. Verse 19, therefore, or go, therefore, depending on how you're text reads, go therefore or therefore go. Go is the imperative there. That is the command. I'm sorry, that's part of it. It's actually as you go, make disciples. That's the primary command. Therefore, go and make disciples. But you can't do one without doing the other. You can't make disciples. You can't go into all the world. You can't evangelize. You can't bring people to Christ unless you first go. Go with the purpose. Go on purpose. Go with this in mind. As you go, make this your primary objective. To do what? To make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Why? 
because all authority has been given to me. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. You may be seated. Today I want to give you three camps that you might be in. And hopefully, well, hopefully you're in two of these camps. Hopefully we're not in the first one. Three camps, though, that you could possibly be in today. And the first camp that I'm going to mention this morning is the camp you don't want to be in. We must not be in. I'm afraid, though, that many of us find ourselves in this camp far too often. We may not stay there, we may not live there, but we find ourselves camping there every now and again. And I've tried to be a little bit cheeky today. It probably doesn't work. Terribly clever. Uh, terribly, the operative word there. But the first camp that you may find yourself in at some point, hopefully never, is no mission. No mission at all. Now, when I say no mission, I mean you are not involved in the mission, the great commission. There's a a lot of things that you might be about, but if you're not about what our Father is about, if you're not about His business, His work, His heart, then you have no true mission, no lasting, no eternal mission. I want to turn your attention, and I said we would talk about this, to Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, another familiar verse, another often quoted verse. Now, oftentimes I think it is quoted out of context, and I don't want to do that this morning, so we're going to talk about it for a little while. But Proverbs 29, 18 says this, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Or you may have memorized it as I did from the King James Version, where it says, where there is no vision, the people... Perish, right? Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, why some modern, more modern translations take this a step further is because oftentimes we misunderstand what that verse is really saying. We think it's about like, like vision, like your mission, like your vision, like your vision statement. That's not necessarily what this is talking about here. Although I do think that has implications toward that. That's why you read in the ESV or the ASB or the NIV or something like that where it talks about prophetic vision or revelation as some other translations say. This is not just about having a purpose for living, having a well-defined purpose for living. This is about the vision of God, the word of God. And we know that in context because then it says, but blessed is he who keeps the law, the law of God. And so the ESV says where there is no prophetic vision, where there is no revelation from God. The people cast off restraint, which is why it is so important for us as the church to never stray from the Word of God. For me as the pastor, to never preach outside of the Word of God. To always and continually bring us back to God's Word because what I think and what I say really doesn't matter at all. It only matters what God says. And when we get away from that, the people cast off restraint or the people perish. Now that word there in the Hebrew, I know I'm going to get some giggles here, so it's okay. Just get it out of your system. Literally means to make naked. Now what it means literally is to take off your clothes, to cast off 
your clothing. The, the euphemism, though, there is to cast off restraint. It, it means to throw off anything that covers you or hinders you, your inhibitions, and just to go wild. And, and when we have no vision, we don't have the Word of God setting parameters and boundaries for us, we go crazy, don't we? It's anarchy. This is what this text means here. Now, how does it apply to us? Well, here it is, because God's vision, God's word, must be our vision, our mission. I said it applied, and it does. When we go to say we're going to create a mission or a vision statement or a vision, a purpose statement, or the reason why we exist here at Covenant Baptist Church, it must line up with the word of God, which lines up with the heart of God. And God's heart is the commission, the great commission, to go and to make disciples. But when there is no mission, we perish. We die on the vine. When when we have no real eternal purpose, when we're not living under God's mission, for one, God isn't going to be on our side. Now, I'm not saying he doesn't love us. I'm not saying that his favor isn't still for us. But if we're not doing things for him, for his purpose, for his mission, towards his goal, he's going to be like, I'm not a part of that. Because I'm not in that. I'm over here. This is what I want to be about. This is what I'm for. And when we're not doing that over here, his purpose, his mission, he will not be in it. Therefore, we will not have his authority, his power, his strength. We're on our own, right? Have you ever been on your own? Really on your own, out on a limb, all by yourself? I was reading, trying to find illustrations for my message. That's, I've said this before, that's the hardest thing for preparing messages. Other, other than comprehending and understanding the Word of God. But I've got the Holy Spirit to help me with that. And even where I don't quite get it, He is speaking to your hearts and He leads us all and helps us all. So the hardest part of preparing messages is every week trying to find new and fresh illustrations. And so I was reading through several places where I go to look for illustrations, and I came across a story of a gentleman who uh, had hit all the instrument, um, the navigational instruments had been taken out of his plane, but he had to get home. So all he had was a compass. So he started flying, he got lost, surprise, surprise. Finally, the Coast Guard He was able to radio the Coast Guard. They came out. Before he could get to land, his plane ran out of gas, ran out of fuel. And he crash-landed in the ocean. He survived. The plane sunk. He's out there with this life vest floating in the water. During the crash, he had bumped his head, cut it open, so he was bleeding. And all of a sudden, he feels a bump. And then he sees a dorsal fin. And then he sees two dorsal fins. And three dorsal fins and there are bull sharks swimming around him and he's kicking them away and trying to push them off finally after 10 hours he is spotted and found and a ship is radioed the ship that's about 10 minutes out so he knows that he has to survive for 10 more minutes or i don't know if he knows that but he realizes that he's been seen help is on its way He's just got to hold on. 
The ship came, they pulled him up, and he just collapsed on the deck, just exhausted. And he later talked about how he had never felt more alone. All alone. Didn't know if he was going to be rescued or not. He assumed he was going to die out there as shark food. That's what it's like when we are without the authority and power and presence and aid of Christ. We are all alone in a shark tank, right? And we're just kicking for survival, flailing to to live and to do something. Now, we don't always think that, right? We think we're doing pretty well. The finances are good. The numbers are up. People like us. We're doing pretty good. And what we don't realize is that we are flailing when we have no mission. And when we have no vision, no mission, eventually we perish. That's the first camp. And I hope none of us are in that camp. And if we are, after today, we do not stay there. Now, the second camp that we're all in or that we all need to be in, every single one of us, without exception, is the co-mission. The co-mission, right? Now, we are given the commission. Jesus commissioned us to go and to make disciples. But here's the, here's, here it is. This is our co-mission. All of us together to be a part of this one thing. To go and to make disciples. Every single one of us, without exception, right? Jesus wasn't just talking to pastors. He wasn't just talking to evangelists. He wasn't just talking to his apostles. He was talking to every single believer, Go and make disciples. Go into all the world and evangelize because we can't make disciples without first sharing the gospel, right? Because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. And so our mission together, our co-mission is to all of us to be about this one thing. Now, we will do a lot of things, right? In this life, we will do a lot of things. We will all do different things. We'll have different jobs and different activities and different uh, vacations and different family members and different events because we have different likes and different hobbies, right? God didn't make us all exactly the same, so we're all going to do different things. And praise God, right? Because it takes us all together into, into all the walks and alleys of life. So that, that in a church this size, and in a town this size, and in a nation this size, and a world this size, with this many Christians, every person, Lord willing, will have a believer cross their path at some point. Now, that isn't always true. I realize that. But if we were to be about our co-mission, it would be more true than it is now. We are called to be about that mission and all the different things that we do. And do all the different things, right? Go to your job. Have fun. Enjoy what God has given to you. But do it with this one thing in mind. How does God want me to be a part of his mission through this thing? 
through this job, through this event, through this activity, through this vacation. I want to differentiate something for you because as we as elders came to this conversation, we realized we needed to distinguish between mission and missions, right? Because the mission, and when we had this consultant come in, he had us go through our budget and check everything that was a part of the mission. Now, it was kind of a trick question because here's the thing. You would hope that every single thing on our budget is a part of the mission, right? From from VBS to mission trips to uh, Sunday school or grow groups as we call here to whoever it is that we're paying to take out the garbage. All of that if done rightly, is a part of the mission. But then there's missions, and that's kind of different. It's a part of the mission, but it's a subset of the mission. Because everything we do should be a part of the mission, which is honoring Christ through accomplishing the Great Commission. Now, specifically, we have some in our body because we know that God has given all of us a variety of gifts, right? Of spiritual gifts to do a variety of different ministries. And one of those giftings, one of those ministries is missions. That's having an evangelistic heart. Missions, outreach. The mission is what all believers are called to do in Jesus Worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and missions. We see the mission of the church in every believer as he or she operates in and through the local church. It's everything that we're supposed to be a part of. But then you get to missions as a subset of that, as part of the mission. And and missions or outreach is worshipers of God in Christ, inviting others to worship God in Christ and experience all the joy, the love, and the grace he offers And so we do this through a variety of means, right? Relationships, kindness, service, generosity, music, drama, art, preaching, teaching, conversations, relationships, all culminating, Lord willing, in the clear communication of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because that's our goal in all the conversations and all the things we do in all of our service. It is to make Jesus Christ known. We did this exercise amongst the elders, and I had each of them go and define what missions is, because we need to be working with a definition. What is missions? We had had differentiated between mission and missions, and so we were trying to get down to a an understanding of what missions really is as we try to go to you and say, this is what we want to be about. Greg said, we must be willing to cross the street before we go around the world. We must not act out of duty or obligation, but out of the same love that flows from God himself. We cannot give what we do not have. We must have the same disposition as Isaiah when God asked him, who will go for us? And his answer was, here I am, send me. Kevin reminded us of the mission, which should drive us to missions, that we have to have a vision that transcends our everyday lives. It must be a vision that sees past the stuff of this world and the agendas and goals of, a, of this mortal existence. 
We must have a goal to glorify God and change the world through the gospel, leveraging every part of our lives for that single purpose. And then Patrick, as he does so well, just simplified it. Put it in one sentence. An effort to take Christ to non-believers. That's it, right? We can do a lot of things in church, but if it's not aiming toward that purpose, even here, worshiping, uh, 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 listening to sermons, studying God's word, it's, it's prepping us, right? It's strengthening us. It's encouraging us. It's preparing us to go out and to do that mission. And then Russ reminded us that missions is more than a mission trip or a project. And this, this is so significant, we have had a missions ministry at Covenant Baptist Church in the past. Now, I haven't done a great job of sustaining that. But at one point, Covenant Baptist Church was going on several different mission trips, all of which were great, all of which were so good. And I'm sad that we don't have that many planned anymore. Now, part of that is COVID, right? There were just things we couldn't do during COVID, and we want to make sure that we're ready and prepared whenever those, thing, those opportunities open back up. But we had several mission trips occurring going out from Covenant Baptist Church. But here's the thing. A lot of you would say, I want to be a part of missions, but I don't have the time or the finances to go on a mission trip. And that's understandable. It is. So how do you be a part of missions? Well, it's more than just a mission trip or a project. It's finding ways right where you are, whenever you are, to make Jesus known to those around you. In fact, every single day when we get out of bed, the first thought, the first prayer that we should have is, today I'm going on a mission trip. Jesus, help me shine for you. Help me display your love and your mercy and your gospel. Our, our, our single purpose in everything we do is that. And we must be a part of that mission. That is our co-mission. But now, here's the third camp. Because all of us should be in that second camp. Not all of you will be in the third camp, but some of you will. And, and, and this is what we're doing today. We are looking for those people who are a part of this third camp. So the goal coming out of today is to create a missions ministry team. We need a team, a group of people at this church who have a heart for missions ministry, who have a heart for evangelism, who have a heart for seeing people come to Christ. Now, hopefully all of us have that heart, but some people God, ha God has gifted and, and put in them especially a desire for this type of ministry. And those are the people that we are trying to identify. And so I want you to listen to this today, all of you. Because God may be impressing upon your heart as I share this next camp, this next point, you may go, that's me. Or at the very least, I would ask you to ask God, is that me? And this is the third camp, the so missions camp. So missions. Hopefully none of us have no mission. Hopefully all of us are a part of the co-mission this is for those who are especially mission-minded, mission-hearted, like so missions. 
where you just feel that all the time and you see people and you, you weep at night because you know people are going to hell and you just can't stand that. Praise God that we have people who are like that. Praise God that those people motivate the rest of us to keep going, to keep being a part of the mission, to keep reaching out. So, Sunday, April 18th at 5.30 p.m., we are going to have a missions information dinner, a missions ministry information dinner. That's next Sunday, 5.30 p.m. Food will be provided. There will be child care. And we are asking any of you that, that feel this heart, that are so mission-minded, so mission-hearted, or, or you think maybe that you are, you're not sure if you are, but you'd like to come and hear more about this ministry because from that, we're going to have another missions info dinner where we're going to invite those who came to the first dinner and who really feel a tug and a pull to be a part of either the team or the ministry in some way to then come to that. So we're trying to narrow it down, like I said, and identify those in our church who are gifted and being called to be on the missions ministry team. We need a group of people to head this up, to lead this, to push it, to plan it. Now, right now, what does that look like? I don't know. We didn't want to pigeonhole that, tem- that team. We didn't want to come up with all the rules and ideas and plans without that team being involved. There will be some planning of mission trips, but that won't be all of it. That will be a subset of that ministry. There will be looking at ways to strategically reach out in our own community. Missions in our backyards. There will be ways of looking at how can we be more inviting to unbelievers? How, how can we communicate better with unbelievers? All of those things will come over the, under the auspice of that ministry team. But for, for, for right now, up front, we just need the team. And we need to identify who God is calling to that. Hopefully, And I'm not saying this is the greatest or most compelling sermon that's ever been preached. Please believe me, I know that's not true. But as we're talking about this today, some of you are going, yes, finally, that's what I'm about. That's what I want to be a part of. And I I haven't had the chance to do that as much as I've wanted to, or I haven't seen that to the extent that I hoped it would be at this church. It's you that I would invite to come to that dinner that evening. Or if you're just curious... Sign up in the back. There's a sign-up sheet on the welcome table in the back. Just put your name on there. We need to know how many we're going to have by Wednesday so that we can make sure we let the catering company know how much food to prepare. We also need to know if you will need child care or not so that we know how many kids we'll be having coming. We will get some pizza for the kids, so we'll feed them as well. You're not going to be eating pizza, so don't worry. (laughs) It's going to be good. But if you are at all interested, if you at all feel a tug in your heart this morning, make sure you sign up for that meal next Sunday at 5.30 p.m. You know, as we close today, this takes heart. This takes passion. This takes a commitment that goes beyond just, well, I guess I'll do that today. No, no, we've got to have a heart and a passion for this. And I understand passions wane. We don't live on the mountaintop all the time. Rarely do we live there, unfortunately. But there has to be a burning, a yearning for the glory of God and for the salvation of sinners. 
for us to be willing to go through what this mission will ask us for, will ask of us. Because Satan doesn't want this church. And, and right now, as we go down this road, please be praying. Because as we seek to be on mission with God, Satan will do everything he can to get us off that track, to make sure we don't go there. And so we need to pray right now. Part of missions ministry is prayer ministry because we have to be praying for God to empower us and encourage us and sustain us through all of the things that will come at us, the world, Satan, because they don't want us to do this. So there has to be a passion. We have to recognize what we were created for. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his worksmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Why? For good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is why we were saved, to be a part of his mission. September 11th, 2001, a day that will live in infamy. For us as the United States of America. A day that if you were alive and probably above seven or eight years old, you remember that day. What you were doing. And when you first heard about the planes crashing into the Trade Center Towers. Thousands of lives were lost that day. Hundreds of those being first responders and emergency workers. One of those emergency workers was Timothy Stackpole, a firefighter in New York City. Now, just a few years before, the, uh, before 9-11, he had been severely burned while fighting a fire there in New York. It, it had taken him months to recover. He, he was expected by family and friends and co-workers to retire, and he would have retired very comfortably. But you know what? Mr. Stackpole did when he was able to physically, he rejoined the fire department. He went back to fighting fires. He was a great firefighter and passionate about his work. He was promoted to captain. And then on September 11th, 2001, when those planes flew into the towers on the, the, in the second tower. Timothy Stackpole ran in with disregard to his own life to try to save as many as he could. And while he was in there trying to get people out, showing people where to go, ushering them to safety, the second tower collapsed. Timothy Stackpole lost his life that day, a man who could have been resting and retiring comfortably at home. But he was not made for that. His purpose in life, as he had shared before, was to save people. And he gave his life for it. I wonder what we're living for. I wonder what we're giving our lives for. Do we feel that kind of passion? Do we feel that kind of single-centered purpose? To be a part of the mission of Jesus Christ. To save people. Whatever it might cost us. Oh church. 
Pray that your pastor would have that heart. I need that heart. I need that passion. Listen, I'm going to be honest. I struggle with that. I don't wake up every morning and think, God, today I'm yours. This is my mission trip. This is your mission field. Help me today to be a part of your business, your work. The routine gets me. The business of the day finds me. I get up and I, I'm just absent-minded or too tired or whatever. And I just go about my day. And if things happen, great. Y'all come, right? It's a haphazard, accidental missions ministry. And that's not what we're called to be about. So I encourage you this week, as you wake up every morning, all I'm asking you to do, I'm not going to ask you to, to go and find that one person, although I think God's Word asks us to do that, to pray for that one person, whoever God it might be bringing to your mind right now. I'm just going to ask you to every morning wake up and say, before your feet hit the ground, God, today, help me be on mission with you. Help me find the lost and wounded person that you want to touch and love on and show mercy to. Help me to open my mouth with confidence with your truth and your gospel. Or, or God, just help me to be in prayer over that person today. Bring them to my mind. But God, whatever it is, would you help me be on mission? And then the second prayer, God, are you calling me to be a part of the missions ministry at Covenant Baptist Church? If so, there's a sign-up sheet on the back. And this isn't, this isn't, um, uh, this isn't committing you to anything right now, right? Just that you'll, you're going to come and eat some good food this coming Sunday. That's all it's committing you to, is to a good plate of food. That's it. You just get to hear the missions consultant's going to be here with us to talk about kind of what we're looking at, what we're doing, what we're thinking about. You'll get to ask some questions. You'll get to decide, hey, do I want to go further into this? But I just want you to ask God to answer you by Wednesday whether or not he wants you to be at that meal or not. Can you do that? God, help me be on missions with you today. And do you want me to be at that meal? That's it. That's doable. And I would challenge you to do that this week. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the mission that you've invited us to. And I pray that none of us, and I pray that Covenant Baptist Church, that, that we wouldn't have a mission. That, that we would be a no-mission church. Oh God, I hope that we are not. Please keep us from that, Lord. Don't let us be that. We want to be a co-mission church, together, arm in arm, walking forward for your heart and your glory. And Lord, we want to be able to identify those people in our church that you have gifted and called to be a part of our missions ministry, who have a so-mission heart. Reveal to them today, God, who you are calling and prompt them, O oh Lord, to sign up for that meal. We love you. We thank you. And we thank you. This all goes back to 
what you did for us, God. As we come off of Easter Sunday last week, as we think about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, oh God, we are reminded of what you've done for us, the links that you went to to accomplish your mission of saving people. Lord, let us be prompted and impassioned by your sacrifice and by your love for us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen.